behavior? So I still don't know. Do you want it? Yeah. You're dying for it! Ooh. What is this behavior? Okay, it's that time of the week, or maybe it's that time of the month if you're someone that just batches these every single month, or maybe if you're new, you just don't even know what I'm talking about and you already have resistance to me. If that is the case, I do apologize, but at the same time, I hope you're well. I'm Ruben Christian, the brother of Aaron Christian, and we both as brothers are good friends with Almas Bedat, or a bad at, depending on how you like to um, express yourself. Maybe check in with her on that, actually. But um, we collectively make up What Is This Behaviour podcast, which is this show that you're listening to right now. And what this show is, is a series of um, authentic, sensitive and honest conversations with South Asian people around the world that are going against the grain and redefining what it means to be a South Asian human being in this day and age with the aim, we hope, to hmm, redefine, we think, what it means to be South Asian. There's loads of tired stereotypes and we're tired of them because they're tired. Do you know what I mean? Okay, that's probably the best intro I've ever done of of this podcast. Um, today's episode is, oh, it's such a needed episode. And Aaron came up with the idea. So credits to Aaron for this one. He was like, wait a minute. In some of the us episodes, as in us three without guests, we reference, um, especially us episodes, we reference individualism a lot. Um, and most people probably don't have a damn clue what we're talking about. So we thought we'd do an episode to explain what individualism is. And just to kind of explain to our listeners, old and new and everyone in between, is that even a thing? How can you be in between? I don't know. Um, About how we formed our creative and social bonds, where we met, how our personalities were shaped through the early projects we did, what those early projects were, how important individualism was to our growth as three creative artists as well as how we view the working world as creatives like it's so important we kind of break down this story and just give you guys context so that maybe after this episode you can join in with some of those in jokes do you know what i mean sometimes we might just say a joke like do you remember when nigel done that thing (laughs) and you're like so mate who's nigel now you might know Nigel's a good friend and he's part of the end of crew. So, yeah, that's what this episode is about. We hope you enjoy it. We do go on all sorts of ups and downs, but collectively you should get a picture of who we are, how we met, and how it all led to this podcast and the work we're doing now. So, strap in, grab yourself some food of choice and some drink of choice, and enjoy your life listening to us. (laughs) Let's go. What is this behaviour? Jeez, experimental Aaron. <laughs> I know for the first time. Aaron said, just hit record. No just plan. Just hit record. I don't, that's music to my ears. You're talking ears. about no plan. Now it's I'm sure. because I planned it for the whole of yesterday. Oh, yeah. He spent the whole day planning now, man. So he's confident. So he's oh, yes. Barriers, <laughs> and now he can do the dance within him. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Aaron, you see, well, yeah. you've done a day's worth of planning on this, and you're really excited about it, as much as we are. But I think you should explain, even though we've done the intro, what this is and why we're doing it yeah so um i just think it would make sense for our audience so like we kind of as everyone know we kind of do uh episodes with guests and then the episodes just amongst us three um 
and something that came up when I was re-listening to a lot of episodes is we always refer back to individualism, which is this website and creative collective that we all kind of um, put together and founded. But I was realizing, what if people don't know what the fuck Indiv is? And we're just Mm. hammering on like just... And we're not even saying individualism. We're doing like small little nuanced in-jokes and stuff. And so I was like, actually, maybe it'll be it'll be interesting and useful um, and fun to kind of just go back and give everyone a full-on episode of Indiv, individualism. Um, one, because it's so integral to um, all of our journeys. So it's, it's basically where, well, for me anyway, I think we'll get into this, is where I think I met Almas. Um, and was like a massive driver for me and Ruben uh, in terms of our career. Tra- tra- oh, help me out with this word. Tra- trajectory. trajectory <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, yeah, and also it's just one of the proudest things that I've ever created um, or been part of. So, yeah, and, and it's it's kind of, uh, it will lead on to all of the stuff that we're doing now. So I just thought it would be really useful. Um, and finally on the Christmas little party thing that we had little kind of gathering, we just spent like three or four hours just going over old Indiv videos um, that all kind of like are still floating around YouTube. And we just had a laugh and it kind of reconnected and gave us joy and energy and tears and stuff. So um, yeah, I just thought it would be a good episode to, to give people context. Mm. Yeah. And I, do you know what? I am excited because I think to me Indiv is, was like the original baby that has like spawned all more babies, basically. Just like <laughs> it's the grandparent, <laughs> it's the grandparents, the yeah, great grandparents, the ancestors. Indiv <laughs> is like now every everything's ancestor. It's so true. It's like it's like you know the grandma sitting in the corner that just knows everything. She's just floating. She's the oracle of the family. <laughs> there. Do you not find that That's scary? Because it's not even that old. I think it's not old in time, but we've evolved so much within the past decade and our projects mm. have really, like if you were actually going to do a family tree of Indiv, all of its members, and then all of the projects that have come off of it, I think yeah. we'd see just how much has come out of that particular group of people because the mm. collective itself was the is and was the heartbeat that we're still going we're still creating and everyone is i mean i've always been in awe of every single person that's like come through indiv doors yeah i Mm. to me indiv was the accelerator to an extent it's like we created this collective like if it was a house right it's a house that you that you build together with people that want to do something but they're not sure what. And we build this house and we all power up through through like just collective effort. And, and then we start to believe in ourselves. And then when we start to believe in ourselves, then everyone goes off and does what they want to do and ultimately becomes who they want to become. And bef- when we were talking about doing this episode, Aaron sent me a video on WhatsApp. I almost, I don't know if you've seen it yet because this was before you were in Indiv. And Aaron's like, Rubes, look at this video. And it's like the first Indiv team was all in my room, all laughing and joking. And I was looking at every single one of the characters and what they are doing mm. now. And they're like powerhouses in their own right. 
And I'm like, shit, we were just all there having a laugh, trying to work shit out. And yeah, it just gave birth to us, man. It's so dope. Yeah. So, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't there in the inception, right? Both of you tell me, like, when did you have that light bulb moment? What was that? You know what? I think we need to back up even further, Alves, you know? Oh, wow. Because okay, I, okay. I, I, Where did our yeah, parents meet? Yeah. No, <laughs> not even that, Rubes. I think you should start off with... Because you, yeah. you essentially, the, the name, right? Like, where, like let's... I'm going to ask you... Sorry, Alves, I know I'm, I'm taking over your question, but I think... This is really important to just. No, set, this is it. The, I want to start at the beginning the of the beginning of the beginning. Yeah, yeah. man. So the let's beginning of the beginning. Everyone... Let's do it, Ruben. This is it's the yeah. name. Let's get everyone let's on do board. It. Okay, I. If we were taking it further back, it's heartbreak. I'm in a relationship. It ends. I'm heartbroken, and it's the worst pain I've ever felt. I'm so alone and I'm so lost. I stay in my room for about a week. My dad sees me crying. He says. I don't know what to do. This is sad. I say, yes. Then I'm like, <laughs> after a little while, you're like, fuck this life. I'm not staying here. I need to do something with my life. I How old are you right now? This is second year of uni for me. Jeez, okay. heartbreak oh. in the middle of uni, man. Yeah, exactly. That's when you. it just, yeah, man. It's like your whole sense of identity and everything, like your whole future that you've been painting in your head about this being the one or whatever. It's just ripped, right? So this is so around 2,000 people. Yeah, which I'm, roughly around discount. 2,000, 2,001. Right. So 20 years ago. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going out. Um, I'm like, forget relationships. Love is for dickheads. So now I start rolling with one of my brethren who's like, you know what? You're a dude. You need to go out and just date bare women. So I said, all right, let's run it. So I tried to do that. Um, one girl that I would, that I went on a date with gave me a book or she told me about self-help. That's when I learned about Anthony Robbins. And then I went into the spirituality stuff, Wayne Dyer. I started like digesting all of those books. After doing that, I was like, okay, I believe in myself and I realize I have agency to do what I want. And, and always like, I've always been like, why does everyone follow everyone else and do the same stuff when we're all actually individuals every single person has unique has a uniqueness about them their own personality and i've clocked this from like primary school i used to think about this like everyone's so different i used to be in awe of people and what they do like my brethren joe used to have an amazing side part in his school and like joe he's got an amazing side part in and there's roger roger's big he's just great at sports and he's funny he's like all these superheroes everyone's Traits. so individual yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah so after kind of reading these books i'm like you know what i don't want to get a normal job like everyone else it seems like hell why don't i'm i'm different i'm the individual so <laughs> i started <laughs> my, my myspace page calling myself ruben the in the individual was and it I'd not go, da or is it T-H-E? No, no, no. That was you, <laughs> Bridget. You were the preacher, but we'll come back to that. Jesus <laughs> Christ, this guy called himself the preacher. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I started a MySpace page off called The Individual. And I had to go out of my way to stand out, like in terms of how I dressed. And I really pr mm. took pride in being different. While everyone was doing the same thing, I was always trying to be different. Near enough okay, fighting, like a uh, rebel with no cause sometimes with no cause all right so in terms of fashion yeah how yeah. is everyone currently dressing 
in in this time I, period describe what, I, I, what your brethren's addressing like i don't know baggy jeans this was aaron was at i was at brunel aaron's at kingston at the time no i, I wasn't even at kingston rubes were you not I there? Think it, or maybe, maybe had just How started. I, I can't even remember, but it was just a well, lot early two thousands fashion, and it's a baggy jeans, baggy jeans, flare, yeah. boot cut jeans, even American, um, in terrible t shirts, maybe yeah. even deep V necks, all that, all of that kind of nonsense. <laughs> right yeah, and so you started dressing differently to this. Yeah, because I really, I just really constantly wanted to. Go literally go against the grain and not be like the rest of the people because I was just scared of becoming a sheep living a boring life. <laughs> so it was really it was just trying to avoid boredom and trying to move towards a richness of experience and difference and creativity. Not even knowing I was a kind of creative person at the time. And then I think I was trying to work out in uni what I wanted to do. Um, ended up doing multimedia at te uh, multimedia technology and graduating in that. But then coming out and being like, I don't want to build websites. And do this stuff. I, I just wanted to constantly express myself, and what I knew to do was dress differently. So I thought, obviously, I need to become a stylist. I, I'm, I'm supposedly quite good at getting dressed. Well, really, I was never a good dresser at the time. I don't no, think I was just dressed I, different. No, I disagree. I think also there's a driver here that you're not alluding to yet, but I think people had always given Ruben compliments on the way he dressed, and obviously, yeah, I think that, it also it also came from uh females so yeah. and even I, I think you always did take like a stand in like i want yeah one definitely i want to dress differently but it wasn't like i'm just fucking tr chucking on a bunch of stuff i think you did have an understanding of how to put things together so yeah um yeah, yeah you yeah. always got compliments for that so w yeah. surely that must have been one of the drivers to yeah say, okay if i am going to do something different let me do yeah. something that feels good and natural to me as well right yeah absolutely right also before i go on there's a chirping sound in the background somewhere someone got some bird or something i'm just listening to it now i don't know it's where it's, I can oh that's it. the birds that sorry i've got the noise cancelling so i can't hear it but it's the birds outside my window that's okay, cute. maybe they won't pick up on your mic. <clears throat> no, it won't because it's a direction. Actual Twitter birds, right? Okay. So yeah, <laughs> I did. I did get a lot of compliments for for dressing differently and, and putting outfits together and whatnot. And Aaron, yeah, you're right. That definitely fueled my belief in self, and my confidence, and whatnot. Mm. And so I kind of like lent into that really, and decided I wanted to be a stylist. Um, just decided one day I want to be a stylist. So tried to go out and get work, just doing all sorts of like random air quotation, urban fashion shows. Um, and kind of around that time as well, we were reading like business books, like The Brand Called You by Pete Montoya, I believe it was. And we started to learn about personal branding. And then fast forward, I think I came up with, I was like, individualism is what I stand for. And it's about celebrating the uniqueness in everyone. Like now I look back on the name, by the way, I probably wouldn't have called it individualism because that is exactly that goes against community to a point. You know, capitali capitalism is built on individu individualistic ideals. And it wasn't about that. Ironically, it was about celebrating who you are for who you are and doing mm -hmm. that with a community. But maybe we didn't communicate I, or I didn't communicate it that well. But then anyway, Aaron was, I think Aaron was trying to work out what he wanted to do. And we had a conversation and we were like, 
why don't we both together be the individuals? So now it's gone from the individual to Aaron joining. <laughs> we're the individuals. And we said, what should we do? We're reading all these branding books. And we were like, at the time, for those in, in, in the UK that would remember, Trini and Susanna were big on TV. Now, these were two white middle class women who were image consultants, stress, uh, str- uh, slash, sorry, personal stylists. And we like, we like what they do. It will be fun if we can do it. But if we were the male version. So we decided to call ourselves the individuals and we're going around the end saying we're the male version of Trini and Susanna. <laughs> um, and then no you, know, you know how funny just that is? Because, yeah, yeah, literally. No like Just self-belief. You, that sentence is so funny because you're like, we discover who Trini and Susanna are. We like what they do. We're going to be the male version. So we're going to roll around the ends telling yeah. people <laughs> we are the male yeah. version of Trini and Susanna. Exactly. Yeah. I, Full confidence and belief. Yeah. I rate it. But I tell you what, at that time, Almas, yeah, we were taking in so much in, uh, like inspiration and knowledge from these mm. books and whatnot mm. that we were just bursting with creativity, like absolutely mm. bursting with it. To yeah. a point where we then we were like, okay, how do we turn this into a business? And it was just all that early entrepreneurial like excitement where we were trying stuff out and reading new stuff. And then we even came up with um what did we come up with, Aaron? We came oh, up with the science behind style, which I still think is relevant now, right? Which was this is before Mr. Porter and all that kind of stuff, where we came up with what we believe were the ten main rules um to become that you should follow if you want to be a stylish man. <laughs> and, I, and I still think they're good. And anyway, Aaron came on board at that time and he, he was like, let's do some YouTube videos. So we started presenting these yeah. can I, style can I survival back skills. Yeah, please. So, I'm background on my t- so yeah, so yeah. like on that, this time, this is around 2016. So I graduated from Kingston um, doing film and media and cultural studies um and as i graduated i was like fucking shit i remember being shit scared being like i damn like how do i get into the industry i didn't know anyone um there was obviously no family members in media and tv and when ruben said should we do this thing like i've always been really really close with ruben um and i was like cool like it will be dope to do something with him um i was like as long as i can kind of incorporate film and like basically (laughs) what i've studied so that isn't like you know on on my back that uh, <laughs> he spent so much money on tuition um so yeah so that that was kind of one of the drivers is like still being able to use um that medium uh so yeah and then i guess the, yeah kind of repeating what Ruben said like the style consultancy was was the kind of way that we positioned it but i also wanted to say like i think when i was studying film i probably read about three books in three years like didn't do enough what i should have and but when we kind of figured out what we were really passionate about, if I go back through my Amazon wish list of books, I think I read like 50 on marketing. And it was the first kind of like epiphany of like, shit. Like, I, I didn't even know what advertising was at this point. But as we started to understand what digital marketing or marketing, we kind of read, like Ruben said, the brand called you and everything on Seth Godin and all of this type of stuff. It's like really shows that when you have a passion and that fire is lit, Mm. you're kind of yearning for kind of learning and and your drive kind of just gets taken tenfold um so Mm. that yeah so that was the beginning and that was like 2007 Ruben is when we actually launched it and started to do this kind of like consultation stuff um which I guess Ruben kind of kind of (laughs) build on like having our first clients and doing all of this stuff yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I want to get to bringing Almas in, so I'll I'll try and top line yeah. it. But yeah, so we decided to do this style consultancy, and we were making these videos online called Style Survival Skills, where we'll give like silly tips. This is when we realized that we actually basically emerged into this intersection of fashion and style advice with comedy because those were the two things that really both mm -hmm. connected with myself and Aaron. We were always naturally having a laugh and at that time yeah. we were really into style and we we've always wanted to share knowledge and help people grow and learn, right? So we, we, d we would do these videos yeah. um, <clears throat> and we were putting them out mainly to our local circles. I think it was through MySpace and we'd find one or two clients where, and these clients were men that would like how we dress and had and would admit to themselves that they need to upgrade their style because they don't know how to do it mm -hmm. and we would literally go and do wardrobe weeding in their wardrobe reorganize them we were the early mary condos how you mean we were arranging <laughs> people's wardrobes and then coming up with like style plans for them um we even done it for i even done it for eddie caddy like i remember going Did to eddie you? caddy's house back in the day in fulham and sorting out his whole whole wardrobe and then i took a couple of them like personal shopping um and just garming them up man that was a but lot this of fun also more context this was like think about 2008 there was like the average male would like you know they hadn't moved on culturally wise this far right like even just like saying that you're going to a cons like a stylist was an odd thing for the average yeah. straight It was emasculating guy. to a lot yeah. of straight cis men. Yeah. Um, but even, like, so as we were building that up, I think we re soon realized that we didn't really want to do that and kind of, like, stay just styling men because at the same time, we kind of built the website to market the service. But, Ruben, I don't know if you forgot a whole thing. Like, what we used to do, because we were reading all these books, we are like, oh, this whole brand can be, like, anything. And we... <laughs> to kind of just make money because as we were graduating uh, I, was I was still working in top <laughs> shop oh, yeah. so i was working in top shop and top man and still kind of trying to figure it out um so we would actually ebay was massive so what we used to do is like go to camden like the camden um, this was so much fun stables man. stables yeah. buy buy vintage leather jackets for five pound and ten pound go back on ebay use our skills um of styling to like restyle it and kind of dress it up a little bit and then shot it. And it got to a point where we yes. were selling five 10 pound jackets for 50 pound. Back then, like that was yeah. like, we're like shit. Lot. And you know, we'd like put branding stickers on and like give them little notes and all of that type of stuff. So it was kind of really making momentum. Uh, but yeah, to speed up, I think in terms of that side of the business, we then started to realize like, I don't know, it was difficult to monetize. And we were, to be honest, like 20, right? 21 and 23. Mm -hmm really 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 young um so we were like okay cool we built this built the website and then i think this is where this huge kind of fork in the careers kind of went like i realized that i enjoyed creating what we call content now um content for the website um which was to market the service so we kind of dropped the service of style consulting and just built up the website um and then i think the key point is when ruben then you realize you didn't want to do it at all, right? You kind of wanted to start mm. pursuing um, yeah. being a presenter. Yeah, I think the ADD multi-potentialite in me kicked in. And after about a year, year maybe a year, two years, I'd had enough of this thing. I'd known what it is. It was fun. And I think I was on to the next thing. While Aaron liked making the videos, Aaron do these videos like we'll do the style survival um, tips. Then we come up with the sins of style. Yeah 
comedy series, which was so yeah. good. That was um, and then yeah. Aaron would how go to out videos, all how of this to stuff. videos, product of the week. Like, this Aaron is before was a... everyone was doing any of that stuff. Before how to videos in was even a thing, right? Yeah, and we would have like collaborations and stuff. Yeah, um, we got approached at that time actually by Top Man. They were like, "Wow, these guys are doing something different. Can you make a video on how to tie a tie?" And then that got on ITV where they showcased it. And we're like, we've made it. We have made it, bro. Yeah, Yeah, but we were innovating with those videos. Those things are so big, though, because, again, to put this back into context, Instagram doesn't exist yet. The the idea of the influencer doesn't exist yet. You don't have... We still have a gap between people on the ground and the people that are on television, right? And so to to be achieving those things and to be making that content, people aren't really even on YouTube yet. This is before YouTubers are a thing as in, as a career. So going back to it, like really, this is a massive time of innovation for you guys. Big milestones. Big milestones. And probably the reason as well, why what you're doing now is, in a different space. So like while people are now making content on Instagram and YouTube and stuff, you've, you've already done that bit. So it wouldn't have been progression necessarily if you were still doing the same thing at that time. So it's massive. It's wicked. Yeah. And a reflection that I had ribs when you were talking about the idea of, you know, the individualistic approach um, and the connections with capitalism, I hear you Although to push back gently, mm. I actually think that in Div was more about finding yourself and empowering the individual within you in order to then connect with other people. Yeah. And so I think as much as it were, it, you know, because you said you were finding yourself, you said you were trying to be different, but what that what you were doing was attracting your tribe. And the, the next iteration after you and Aaron like found, got into that groove, was then to start bringing people in and building mm. that collective. And, you know, to have a collective under the word individualism, to me, speaks very loudly. Yeah. <clears throat> you can be yourself in this space. Yeah. So, so on that point, Almas, um, those are really, yeah, you can kind of like sum that, that stuff up so well. And I'm kind of leading into this now. But, um, yeah, this was like 2009. So we kind of got all of those like, little wins and for me personally i was kind of like at top man and i was like look so empowered i was like digital was going to be the biggest thing like you should do this i was like trying to work work my way up as being a stylist there and saying actually look why don't you do all of this stuff like stop doing print stuff do digital stuff and they were like yeah no thanks but no thanks we don't think it's going to go this way and i took that as like you know what fuck it i'm going to just show you guys this is obviously the way forward and it's going to be a big like a bit of a mistake um so, yeah, and then I think a year later, they did start to hire us. Like, if you go back, for all the fashion heads, if you go back, there's actually a video of Ruben interviewing, me and Ruben interviewing a young J.W. Anderson, who's obviously, if you know, he's a huge, huge designer. Uh, but this is before he'd even made it, and we were doing that for Topshop, um, which is crazy. But at that time, Almas, yeah, I think when Ruben decided to kind of do more of that, that um, presenting stuff, it kind of put me in a space where i was like shit scared i was like fuck do i have to start building can i do this yeah. by myself right mm-hmm. yeah and i think at that point when i was in top man I, and working in top shop it was a, a massive melting pot for like 
but pretty much people of working class people of color right so basically all the people that really enjoyed fashion and style and retail and, and advertising but just didn't and this is you know 2010 to like 11 years ago didn't have ins into the industry so i was like actually why don't i just bring it up and start opening it up to people and like you said bring in that collective and that's kind of where i met nigel and nigel was like the first member of the team to come on board and the way of like is helping nigel me build yeah help build my confidence was like yeah why don't i share this thing and that's how you know it kind of like evolved into a creative collective and again at the time no one was doing creative collectives it was just like individual bloggers on blogspot and that type of stuff and that was the kind of birth of of the team and where it really started taking like indiv 2.0 yeah <clears throat> just just to add add in there as well aaron th there was a reason why i left right and and me and aaron talked about this we had a proper big walk about it and he was saying when when i left that was hard for him. And I, I didn't know that until he had like rerouted a couple of years back. Um, but I left because I, after a little while, I was I, I was getting bored and I'm always trying to explore different intersections. Right. We've done Sins of Style. We've done um, wh whatever it is we were doing at the time. I, I realized that I I started to dislike the industry because at that time we were starting to get to we were being invited to like different press events and whatnot as mm. the collective started to form and i would go to these press events in the fashion industry and be like oh man there's just a whole heap of new sheep like sheep within a, a different world and for some odd reason that would always irritate me because we were always, always trying to push the boundaries and do something different right but we were met i i felt anyway we were met with quite a few restrictions and at that point i was starting to realize that entertainment and and, and that kind of creativity was my thing and then I started to veer off and, and I started doing UK Talk To Me, which was my Vox Pop comedy show on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I was slowly getting pulled away. And then that's Ar that's when Aaron was like, fuck, I'm on my ones. What should I do? And he started to grow the community uh, quite well, actually. And, so, and another so thing as well, yeah. Just, just another thing. I've always had frustrations, man. Like I've always thought we were so without gassing ourselves, but gassing ourselves at the same time. I've always thought we were so far ahead that we were so far ahead with some of these innovations and whatnot that people just couldn't understand it because they were in a different headspace. And this is a repeating, recurring pattern with us guys. And we can't explain to someone that this is a thing that's gonna pop because they just can't feel it or see it yet. And sooner or later, the masses catch up. I mean, this is for another podcast on ranting, but mm. we've always felt but, that, man. It's yeah, a fair I, point, I think... though, and I think that um, with uh, there's a there's what what we've learned over the years is that the pioneers usually are not the people that open the door are usually not the people that also walk through the door at the time everyone else does because you're already holding open mm. the door. Yeah, and so it's the human bridge that, thing, right? which is um, Ruben's analogy of <laughs> the bodies of, <laughs> of, the, of the elders, I suppose, in creative spaces or in, let's say, in a South Asian creative space to be very particular to us and like us building this human bridge so then the, the younger gens of South Asian people can walk across it. <laughs> it's just this like really it's funny. painful image. Like I can, ju I just feel like bones cracking and us lot just holding onto each other's toes and hands. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, and the thing um, is, yeah, if we, if we are like, you know, bandis, 
like some people are already made it to the promised land, you know. <laughs> and I don't know. You, there's a, you know there's a what, lot around though, that analogy that there's there's a, there's comedy in there. But the it's thing funny. is, Rubes, yeah, is that we might be the bridge for one thing, and we might be holding the door open for something else. But there's going to be other spaces where we're walking through the room because. Yeah. There's, there's just other things that like we're actually ready for. And that's what's when I look back and when I'm hearing you guys talk to me, like being here right now makes so much sense. And this is us ready to step into whatever doors are opening for us as individuals and as a trio. Um, but it's comforting for me to know that actually the payoff in this is that you become experts in your field and the experts yeah. in the field aren't always the people that are like the breadwinners, but that's not, it's like, why are you doing this in the first place? Right. You were always doing it for the culture. You're always doing mm. it for, you wanted yeah. to feel yourself. You wanted to stand out. You wanted to be different. When you look at it in that way, with those objectives, you totally achieved that and more. And on top of that, you brought in other people and then it led on to so many other things. Yeah, so, no, no, you're, you're, yeah, you're 100% right. It depends what energy I'm in on the day when you ask me about it. And it's also hindsight yeah. as well, right? And I think we were. it was difficult for us to see because we were young, immature, and yeah, those were totally the drivers, but also some of those maybe more, I don't know, human, but could be seen as immature drivers was that we wanted the recognition for the stuff that we were doing. Obviously, now when I look back at it, like all of those points, Amos, that you made were are so important and... I do feel like I've kind of really leaned into kind of having a longer arc in my mission and my why and what I want to do. And game. also I feel so grateful. Like I look back at this and I'm like, you know, even if I'm, you know, I'm working on big projects and if I get like stuff that's on like Amazon and Netflix and moving on to like series and feature films, I probably would still feel this is the biggest achievement. Like mm. no doubt, because it's, it's, it's the time it's like the bravery of doing that at that point where you didn't know how to do things and the resources that we had and i don't know just actually doing things when like starting like being that first person brave yeah. enough to do it and yeah. uh, you know mm. it's led on to so many other things i share i share pride um within pride, the same yeah. kind of idea and sentiment there because what i think i'm clearly proud of is the fact that we didn't have what we needed or wanted and so we just arrogantly unapologetically anyway. <laughs> whatever you want to however you want to deem this we just done it and we done it with such conviction that th there was no option but to either join us or just watch it manifest mm. you know and i think everyone that's come through in div have that in their dna if not innately they've gained it while on the journey and they've continued that way a lot of us anyway you know and they're just sh shaping culture and doing different things and i love that man and i'm really proud of that mm. so in terms of the story we're up until 2010 now right. right and and nigel has been the first person to come on and we then start this is i think this is the golden age this is when it was like okay like let's have fucking fun um, and as Nigel started, became like he was the first member, I think Aisha Akambi and Louise Williams joined, Martel then joined, um, Kieran Farrow then joined. People go up and search these people as well and see that amazing work. I was just about to say the names that you're saying, yeah, are yeah. like, they're just 
players in the game like yeah, you know, and, out and this is before this is before <laughs> that do you know what i mean this is like this is before any of the, the expertise or the skill set or the accolades are coming in this is just a bunch of creatives gravitating towards each other do you know how mad that is yeah you're you're so mm. right it's energy that's pulling us in and you know what's funny like me and aaron look back at Your the energy. people that have joined yeah like there was no formal outreach they like for example one day we'd have a team meeting. We ha- we oh, went to some <laughs> restaurant somewhere and we're sitting. We said, we're going to have a team meeting. We're going to have a dinner somewhere. We booked a table and we all sat at a table. And I'm like, who the hell is that rust at the end of the table? Who is that? <laughs> Why is that man <laughs> sitting on our table? That's Kieran. And I don't know who invited this guy. He heard about what we were doing. I think he was a friend of, friend of Nigel. He invited himself to the table, Almas, and was eating <laughs> dinner with us. And we didn't know who he was. And then for the whole meeting, he's giving us ideas, telling us about this and that, his passionate projects. We left that day. We were like, I guess he's part of the team. And then it was the same with, um, with um, Anthony Latouche, who's now Mr. Hat. Yeah, he, he just yeah. came to a party one day and I remember I used to do my comedy interviews in the party. These were our parties, by the way, right? Yeah, these were we, the indie we, parties yeah, that yeah, we threw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was just banging on about some stuff in there and he was quite confident and he had a sense of self. And then we were having a laugh on the video and then we played back the video and we we're like, that tall guy is funny. And then he started, I don't know, Aaron, I don't know how this guy but ended it up. It was nice. I think Nigel brought brought through a lot of people. And I think Did one he? of the things was just, yeah, I think there was, there was such an infectious energy and spirit about Indiv. And like, I think during this time, like we were just doing so much interesting stuff. It was just so fun to bounce off people. Karen Stories was there. Glenn yeah. doing all the Aggie back end work. Vincent on yeah. strategy. Um, like that kind of joy of being able to... Yeah, it's like properly like pretty much start, a fucking proper, agent. Yeah, proper young startup, yeah, proper yeah, young yeah, yeah. startup culture, man. Like everyone had a creative agency to do what they want and use their skill set, and everyone was so energized. Everyone was yeah. totally energized. One hundred, man. man. Like doing those parties as well. I think we're like, it was so like I was just like, okay, cool. If we're doing all this content, what else can we do? Can we bring the audience back offline? And we, I think we were the first to do these like branded style parties and even at that point like imagine like i i was still working part-time in top man but then at the same same time being like having brands being like yeah we're going to sponsor you for this and then like turning up to parties and i think the parties became regular and then we built content off of that and i remember like like was it mr hudson turning up goes can i come in I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like 22 yeah. and Mr. Hudson's turning up doing tracks with Carlier saying, can I come into your party, please? Because he didn't have a guest listing or whatever. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it was fucking crazy. Do you man. know what, Almas as well? Do you know when I knew that the like, okay, we might be onto something here. I remember Aaron used to do product of the week, right? With his YouTube videos where he'll find a product and he'll talk about it because he thinks it's a good thing to wear for men. Um, and then one day I'm at home and I get a, a knock on the door. I come out. And it's a delivery guy and he's got a box in his hand. He said, this is, is this, this is for the individuals or Aaron Christian or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, wow. Aaron's got another free pair of trainers. Guan. I take the pair of trainers. I put it on the, on the corridor floor and I close the door and a man puts his hand on the door. He don't let me close it. I said, sorry, why? What, what's going on? He goes, no, there's more. I said, what do you mean? I, I look. And he brings a van, opens the van door, and it's the whole collection of trainers are gifted. The whole collection of trainers yeah. are gifted yeah, to there's us. About, there's about 12 
I remember the brand, it's called Cypher. Cypher. And oh, then I, this guy yeah. was just loading all these trainers into my corridor. And I'm like, oh, like, mum made it. <laughs> we got some bits right now, man. Aaron's going in. That's the start of his bomb blasts. Aaron talks about oh, his no. bomb blasts. Those, those days were so, they were so magical where like just, yeah. I think, you know, starting something from your bedroom in Stratford and then just actually having brands reach out, reach out was still like, I don't think anything would touch on that, you know, like, and I've been so, you know, privileged and lucky to kind of have done so many amazing things with, with big people and brands. But just that, that magic moment of like getting an email back and yeah. being like, okay, cool, this is dope. You know, like, and I, I think it was because it was new, right? People hadn't yeah. created that, that, you know, like was featuring stuff. And that's still massive driver for what yeah. what I do now and is built into my why. It's like discovering and and putting a platform and 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 a light on new undiscovered underappreciated kind of brands and people and stuff so yeah um yeah man and at, at that time remember almas i think we were talking about what was it the networking episode um mm-hmm. we were talking about how it felt as as south asians living in london right to be invited to these really prestigious high-end like press parties and PR events. And at that time, when we were running in Div and we started to do the live events, our networks were opening left, right and center. And we were on the like VIP list for f- certain brands, fashion week parties yeah. and underground but- showcases and capsule collections. And we really felt like, wow, there was a feeling that we were being noticed and that we were valuable. Mm. And then that was part of the driver to keep but going. But also the, the, yeah. the industry had not, like, you know, it wasn't as diverse as it is now. It was still very closed and very, like, pretty much middle-class white. You know, that's that's the reality. The fact, and we're speaking specifically about the fashion industry. Um, but mm. I wanted to speed up okay. to, like, bring our mass through because we're pretty much at, like, 2012 now. And the, again, context, like the team has kind of gone through it. Uh, some people left and then we brought in some new people. Um, and at this point, I think I was then headhunted to, to, to work for Mr. Porter. And I my role now was kind of becoming split between Mr. P, which was like my dream job and Indiv. Um, and I think, yeah, Almas, Almas came on board and I remember like starting Almas, was, was, did did I throw you into fashion weeks? Was that? Well, for me, I was working in um, Uniqlo in Oxford Street and pre- previously I'd been working in Nando's. That was actually my first, first job when I was in school. And then I was like, oh, I can't do this no more, man. I don't want to keep on like coming home smelling of like chicken grease. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I literally got my CV and I printed off like a hundred copies of my CV and I just went into every single shop on Oxford Street and, and I like handed it in. Because for me, like that was the key to, to yeah. the, the central Oxford hub Street of London. CV handout. Yeah. yeah. Because also like Shoreditch didn't exist then, right? Like there wasn't, yeah. there was no other hub that I knew of, especially mm. I, I wasn't in any particular subculture. So I was like, right, I just need to go to the center of everything, hand out the thing. And I, I, out of the like 100 CVs, I got one callback and that was Uniqlo. And so I literally like, I think it was like one pound more at the time. I think I was getting paid like five pounds, 60 or something. How old was you at this point? Um, I would have been probably like 18, Sorry, 19. I- is it okay to ask you that question? Sorry, just put yeah, you man. on the spot there. I would have been yeah, like 18, cool, cool, cool. 19, which meant that it was like 2010. Maybe. Yeah, I've got it down here as 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, around that time. That's when I started working in Uniqlo. I'm now, I remember this, man. I'm like standing in the, I was working on the fitting room that day. Yes, I'm standing at the fitting room in Uniqlo, which used to be in this place called the Plaza, which yeah, had like loads of little, little shops in it. And now, we'll for lunch. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, KFC. Yeah, because it had like a KFC. KFC yeah, it had yeah. KFC in yeah. there. Listen, and so that was, that's sort of in the middle of Oxford Street going towards Tottenham Court Road. And they were, at the time, there were like four, um, uni- no, three Uniqlo's on Oxford Street itself. And I had, I was working in one of them. And then this guy, this ruster walks in. This guy with locks is not actually a ruster. We're just being, we're just being, yeah. um, I don't even know what the word is funny here. But like, yeah, this guy walks in and it was Kieran and um, and his friend that also has locks. I can't remember his name. Do you guys know his name? It slipped oh. my mind right now. Oh, the DJ, he DJs um, as well, isn't he? Yeah, both yeah, sick yeah. dudes here yeah, just yeah. walk in and I'm like, oh my God, like, who are these guys? Anyway, Kieran starts chatting to me and he's like, I'm doing this um, photography project. Um, mm. I like, what What do you, um, would you want to be involved? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, just open energy, complete, exa- like excited to connect. And then anyway, Kieran and I start chatting and then later on, he invites me to a party in um old street shoreditch area yeah <laughs> again oh. first party i've ever oh, gone to in shoreditch. this is the thing so i'm i've been invited and and i don't know where i'm going so i've got my friend with me from school and we are both like from ends like just girls that have never yeah young girls that have never been in any any place like this and have really not met anyone outside of north london and so i walk in and I see Kieran, I'm highly this. intimidated. Yeah, highly intimidated. Because I'm also seeing now all of the characters that you've just mentioned. So Mr. Hat, mm, I'm seeing you're Nigel. Seeing them from the first I'm seeing time. Glenn. What I'm party was everyone. it, Almas? Which one was Hold on, hold on, Lace hold on. Up. Then Lace I look up. to the left, yeah? I look to the left and I see Mr. <laughs> Hudson. And I'm like, what is going on? Where am I? And who am I speaking to? Like, what is this? What is this? And I felt so like in awe that right now when I remember it I only have flashbacks because that's all my brain could take in was like these images and then also I'm like oh I had on it was laced up yeah and the best pair of shoes that I owned at that time yeah was my Dr Martins that's it listen for for listeners for listeners context laced up was the name of the night and we would do different nights that would focus on different types of dress so we'd have a sartorial night called buttoned up we had one on 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 footwear called laced up and we had another one on sins of style where you come looking terrible that's just context it was theme nights yeah 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 so um my Mm. best pair of shoes that i have are my black dr martins and so i'm like oh my god this is what i'm wearing then i'm looking around and this is the first time that i'm actually seeing shoe and sneaker culture like oh, i'm shit. actually seeing it live like you and didn't direct. even know it was a thing shit. well this is just my first everything like that i've, I've started, i'm around all of these people i'm in one space because i think prior to this it's not that i was completely sheltered it's just that i wasn't necessarily necessarily privy to a scene like yeah. i've entered a scene now these are loads of different different people from southeast northwest and and this is the beginnings of shoreditch like i didn't i didn't yeah. even know that i was in shoreditch at the time i didn't know what that was i just had this address and i was like let me <laughs> find this place what was the venue um i can't uh, remember was it the name Dick, of it, was it dickie's thing yeah 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 it's right next just recruiting on the road 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that dope. It's it's um it's the venue right next to the Hoxton Hotel, right? Mm. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um so yeah, and then I remember then the excitement of, yeah. so for anyone that went to a laced up, a buttoned up um, or any of the Indiv parties, we always had the Indiv photo booth, which Akena ran. And Akena was, is a beast in himself. Like he, even now, like he's just. AkenaMokwe.com, he's a beast. That's all you need to know. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what the beautiful thing, again, before Instagram, yeah? So we don't have like Instagrammable places at this point. You've got one big photo booth set up as if you're in a studio with a photographer. That photographer's taking the pictures and then you would get them either emailed or on Facebook, right? I think it was Facebook yeah, at the yeah. time. And so I remember like waiting like for the week after, like when are these pictures going to come up? When are these pictures going to come up? Because I really felt like I was then part of a moment because the pictures were edited. They were high res and then they were also stamped with the Indiv logo. Were, yeah. So and then they were tagged there. on Facebook. Yeah. And then the you tagging feature was, was, the, was the thing, right? The tagging was like, yeah. how do I find someone that was in that party that I didn't know? Yeah, because back in then that was that tagging feature was mad. It's like that's pretty much that's how like people hooked up. It's like okay, cool. If I can't approach them, I'm I'm gonna find them on the Indiv page. All of this was my (laughs) master strategy, bro. Yeah, for bro. real. And it was and and it also meant then that we were able to then connect with other people online. Mm. So I think again, this was the beginning was of so me saying, Oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the face that I saw in that party. Like now I know who that person is. Great. Like I can maybe connect with them. Or if not, I just know who they are. So now there's a sense of community within the scene. Mm. Um and actually for me, I wasn't part of Indiv at that time. And I think I remember Aaron asking me to be part of Indiv after, after a little while. And, mm. and I remember just thinking like, oh my God, like I was in America at the time. I was at summer camp in New York and this was 2012 now. So this, the, when I joined was like, was the end of the summer of 2012. And I remember just having this massive conversation with my friends at the time. Like, I think I'm going to say yes. I think I'm going to say yes. I don't know what this means. But like, <laughs> I mean, I think like marriage, you know? No, but seriously, like being, you know, for me, it's a, lot of pressure, isn't it? a big thing. Yeah, right, like, right. But that was the peak. That was the peak of its popularity as well. Yeah. But for me, like being invited into a space was a massive thing and it still is a massive thing that I never take for granted. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, these people like want to involve me in whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. And yeah. maybe I have something to offer. And I didn't feel like I was particularly attractive or stylish at that time. Mm. And so it was that beginning that really was the beginning of me coming into myself and mm. I achieved lots of things, but I also know when I look back now, I know that I was afraid of a lot of things because mm. I was so in awe of everyone else and what everyone else was doing. Cause everyone else made it look so easy. Like I didn't know how to dress and I didn't know, I didn't even, you know, with it, being a woman now in a menswear space, mm. I was like, how do I now navigate? Like, what, what does tutorial look like for layer. me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and also I wasn't, I what I, I just I didn't have like the um, awareness of my body and what I looked like, I suppose. So I didn't feel like I could do like the pretty fem feminine like heels and dress look. 
because I didn't feel comfortable in it. But then I was like, I don't really know how to how to go how to move through it. And so I landed on functional um, sportswear, which is still my favorite like space to occupy when it comes to style, mm. like function and fashion is like my favorite thing. So brands like Carhartt, like Y3, these were brands that yeah. I really enjoyed and I felt like I could incorporate into in Div at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's those are the doors that opened up for me. So I, and then I had this feeling of like rocking to press events with an entourage. I was like, what? This feels powerful. Literally feels like Avengers assembling. Yeah. You know that because we we would say, cool, we're gonna meet up in it like half an hour before at like Tottenham Court Road Station, and we roll through together. I, w- I would be on the train, excited to see what everyone's wearing. <laughs> yeah, everyone's so wearing. true. It's a link up, and you know that after the event, you're probably gonna hang out anyway. You're just gonna take pictures on road. You're gonna go get some food. You're just gonna be up to a madness until the next motive comes through. Yeah, so true. Mm. There was something so magical about walking down, especially Oxford Street, with the whole crew. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He, there was this feel, yeah, man. It was this Avenger thing. I, I really did feel it, and I was really proud to be part of it. And it was not like we were like othering ourselves as a group, but f- to me, it was more like you know what? Here's a group of people that believe in themselves, and together are just doing amazing work to change culture. Mm. And if you want to be part of this, it's just a mindset. Just start meshing with us, and you'll find your way involved somehow. I always felt that about yeah. us, man. So silly. It's so funny. I got a funny little antidote on <clears throat> around that that time as well. Um, you Albus, mean because yeah, so, so, yeah, even sorry. So this is <laughs> no, yeah, no, like no. two thousand two thousand and twelve to two thousand and fourteen, and and like yeah, Almas when you were there, and LCM, so London Collection Men's, yeah, yeah, was was mm-hmm. really big um, in London. And it was so funny. So this was like first, second year at Mr. P, Mr. Porter. And I'd been hired to be the video director. And I was like traveling, flying everywhere. And I remember like, I would obviously have to attend the shows like Mr. P. It was like super drained. I had so much work and then still trying to run Indiv. So then I would communicate with the guys and girls on the team. And I'd be like, okay, cool. You guys attend these shows. And then I'll be at shows. And like Mr. P has obviously like they're, you know, they get the best seats. Like often I'll be front row and a lot of this stuff. And there's times where I'll be like, I'll get two invites and I'll get a better seat as Indiv editor at then at Mr. P. And I'll be pissed at myself. Wow. I'll be like, oh shit, God. I can't I can't turn up as Indiv editor because I've got to do this role for Mr. P, which technically should be seen like in that, you know, the fashion hierarchy. And it was a weird thing to kind of deal with. And then sometimes I'd see like Almas and John further ahead of me and I'm like <laughs> what the fuck like there's they've left a seat for me as right, like in right. the editor but I can't sit there I have to take this seat because I have to do this, this role and even like going to the PRs and they're like oh we've got you down twice and I'm like yeah um it's fine but it was funny man it was like yeah it was cool seeing and it was bittersweet as well because like sometimes I'd, I'd wish I could be like all right I'm attending the show with the team but I couldn't because I was also mm. kind of doing this other role um, at Mr. P. But um, yeah, so beautiful, beautiful times. Man. That's funny. You know what as well, <clears throat> for, for, for anyone listening that actually wants to f- see the energy we've been talking about, our videos of the majority of all our parties and all the videos we used to put out is on our U- individualism YouTube channel. Can you guys, do you know guys what that is? I think it's ev- just YouTube forward slash individualism UK. But we, we'll put all the, um, you know, we're also on Instagram still, even though it's not fully active. But um, 
we're working on stuff. a web we're working on a website that you can go back to every episode and we're going to put links and assets based on each episode so you can really deep dive and, and go into everything and you know that's that's a work in progress but we'll definitely have that up for anyone that yeah. wants to listen at some point yeah for sure um i'm thinking that um we what would be really nice is to do a part two of this episode and maybe get like little um little like uh what's the word like clips Snippet. from some of the div members yeah like as in now like maybe mm. like get them to like send in some bits of like how they felt or what maybe what their first memories are or like the most the gassiest mm. times do you know what i mean because so sick, i'm getting excited thinking about it and i'm thinking about all of those times like just it's the energy i can't it's like a fire in my belly like when yeah, i in those spaces how can i go to the first party and i look to my left and mr hudson's not there and then i've got and i see aaron who i've never seen before in my life on the right i'm confused like what's happening <laughs> yeah. all of these people and you're and it's the first time you're seeing as well like those middle class white people and people from ends in the same space all yeah. being individual together yeah. like yeah. that's so special like when Hackett in Regent Street, do you remember <clears throat> Hackett asked us to throw their launch party? Hackett, the store in Regent Street. No, it was in Shoreditch, but yeah. Was it in Shoreditch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. They asked us to literally invite the community, as in the core team and the readership, to Hackett to throw a party to open the Shoreditch store. And we've got that video online as well. It was like, stuff like that, man. Yeah, mm. I think it was so it. beautiful and a because like if now like you know from being in and out of the industry, it was doing those things genuinely and authentically that are now massive buzzwords right? like diversity and and inclusion and um, innovation and community and all of these that it, it's all of those things. But it was doing the things back then and for the right reasons and. Yeah, that's why I feel so proud. Like every time I, I would go back to the word and be like, this was, this was just, yeah, it was just a super, super amazing time. Yeah. Super special. You guys have got me thinking about like my journey post Indiv as well. It's like I, I had many journeys like this in different, in different places, like with, with 90s karaoke with Gold and Ken and then mash up the game show and then something for Sunday with Anthony and Frankie. And like all of us have been through so many different worlds like we've created and to come back together and still reconnect just on that idea of creating community just through the natural flow of energy is mm. it, for me man it's such it's such a pinpoint towards what i should keep keep on doing and i honestly think this is what we this is just who we are we're going to keep doing this like we've, we're doing stuff now with this what is this behavior podcast but it would always be about bringing people together community mm. creative exploration and uh, expressing your unique and authentic self like man it just makes me realize that we're on path and i and i give thanks for that that is it literally <laughs> it. listen let's do a part two let's catch up on that take it to yeah. the next level yeah all right so aaron for anyone that's interested in seeing more the indiv stuff where can they go yeah so it's <clears throat> we still have it on instagram um which is just individualism yeah uh, and then on, on youtube you can kind of archive and check the old stuff there's some 
some hilarious, terrible videos. Oh, you're there. worried it's they're going to see the boys are back no, in no, town. No, no, <laughs> Do it, do it, do it. That's why it's not taken down, because I think yeah. there's part of legacy that I'm actually, you know, happy and happy to laugh at and be proud of. That's, that mm. is Individualism UK. So just YouTube forward slash UK. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I, I don't know if we get this into the next episode, but, you know, me and Almas were potentially thinking, like last year, two years ago now, like potentially bringing just the events and parties back, not to bring the whole brand mm. back, but just because, you know, at a point where we, I just felt I can't really go out. I don't find events that I enjoy mm. when I just throw something for three times a year. Mm. And the community, we know the community are still there. So yeah. everyone, yeah, everyone will just rock up. Yeah. So that may be on the cards. Just, just to close as well, how did it fizzle out? And roughly when did it fizzle out? Yeah, so I've got this in my notes. So I can't remember when it locked, when the site got hacked or or whatever and how it kind of fizzled out because it did go through different stages. Ruben then at some point, which we haven't covered, took over it and stuff. But I think for me, the reason why I left, um, or one of the main reasons was because I think for us, the biggest driver was always so so one of the one of the, the kind of pillars was that we would always create original content so we'd never post up press or stuff and it was always just like if we're doing a post or a piece of content or event it's like it's for us to learn essentially and then mm. experiment and do new stuff and it gives us a unique point of view and i think the industry you know as instagram started to get bigger and the term influencers started to be born it became this kind of people started to game it. So it's like, okay, cool. Let's create something, not because it's interesting or new or different. It Let's create something because this is what's going to get the most likes and yeah. this is going to get us more followers. So we'll do mm -hmm. that. And for me, that wasn't interesting because I wasn't learning or, or expressing yeah. myself or doing something different. And I was like, ah, okay, cool. N no, I still want to develop. I'm still young as a creative in my career. Um, and then, yeah, and then I think it, again, that kind of rise of the influencer, it was like, it became more about me, 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 me. So I'm going to put myself up, da, 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 da. Yeah. And I think the special thing about Indivers is that it was this team community thing, right? And like, I still think there's a whole missing element in the industry now. Like that, that kind of creative collective isn't seen as much. And I think it's needed, man, like that kind of sharing mm. element. Um, you just don't see those things that much yeah. and it's just so people have been so focused on building personal brands which can be great but yeah I yeah. think that that was one of the that was the biggest reason why I left I was just like I'm not learning anything I'm not on this fucking cycle of just create, <laughs> creating yeah. useless stuff yeah. I think it That's reaches I felt. It, it's natural end as well you know everyone yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, grew yeah. into the next iteration of their their self and their their artistic self and went off exploring and everything else has emerged and you're right i think when the soul of something goes you have to it's move time on. to part yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 change is the only constant i guess and this pod yeah. has become the next kind of yeah. reincarnation in a yeah. way right like, i feel a similar en energy with you guys and this is just three of us yeah. like and we've been in lock this is born in lock this whole thing is a lockdown experience imagine mm. taking this into what is deemed the next normal when we feel a little bit more connected in the real world i'm looking forward to that man mm. me too it's gonna right. be mad that's it man that is uh, it. well thank you Thank you. That's been so good. Like just reliving it as well. Um, yeah. And just hearing Almas's story. 
I know. You know what? You know when you see it from a different lens. Yeah, it's but like, it's so... I never knew Almas was experiencing this. Yeah. So imagine yeah. if we'd done it from all of the members. Yeah. That would be so jokes. And and also, by by the way, before we leave, I'm not going to open another bloody door of conversation. But as I left, when I left Indiv, and it, um, Almas was becoming more active, and I used to see the quality of posts on the site and be blown away by Almas's creative direction, photography, mm. styling, writing. I'm like, rah, man. Aaron's recruited some next G's. And Aaron, I must say, hats off for you building that team and that community because i remember i was just off on one blinker doing the ruben thing and i'll dip in once in a while and be like wow man you really have done mm. a great job on that aaron and i think you're really really good at bringing good people together so i just want to say like well done mate you're you're a bad man for that thank you man I, you know what i don't i, 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 I still want to add something to that you know because i don't <laughs> want people to just have one idea of it like for me one of the reasons i left as well it was so taxing on me like because when i was like running the team it became also part of running you know helping the personalities and like you take on the baggage and i was so young and i took it personally like if someone wasn't feeling great or they they i don't know like i just i you know it was an amazing learning experience right and now i've learned how to manage and there's all these different skills but um yeah that you know sometimes you've got to pace yourself and um I think it was the right time to pause it because taking on like so much team responsibility at that point, it came to a natural end. So yeah, there's, you know, I just wanted to add in that it wasn't all rosy, but at the end, I think I can look back with hindsight and think all of those were necessary experiences. Mm. For real. All right, people, that's the end of the, this. that's how we met and that's how we kind of powered up. And here we are today, keeping it moving. What is this behavior? And here I am again, still keeping it moving in a formal outro. Come on, sandwich ting. <laughs> Thanks for st- staying locked into that episode, uh, family. It was us taking you back into t- way, way back into time. Just for context, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. I just like listening back to it before I done this outro. I realized that what really well, connected with me, I should say, is the fact that so much of these magical times which led to great output was literally about every individual chasing a sense of togetherness, of pride, looking for their sense of self. It was about how we felt and how we wanted to express ourselves. And I think some of our best projects have literally stemmed from that, as opposed to us going in and say, let's make this thing that does this thing. It's just always been emergent and we hope you're feeling the same with this show because we really are feeling the same with this show. And then um, as, as we're talking about emergence, like Aaron mentioned, the website's going to be done. But hey, it's already done. It's out there already and you can check it out at whatisthisbehaviorpodcast.com. It's still a work in progress as per usual with us, um, but it should give you a top line of what we're about. Um and the guests and we're going to be putting some content up there and just trialing out different ideas so that's that's the website and if you want to follow us on insta or stay up to date with us it's at what is this behavior podcast on twitter at witb underscore podcast and the individualism stuff can be found on the gram at individualism just spelt normally and on youtube it's individualism uk if you want to check out some of those mad parties we were talking about to actually put visuals to a story So yeah, that is us. We are out here. It's 2021 and we all collectively and individually stay doing it for the culture. And we're glad to have you on the ride with us. Much love. 
We'll catch you. You tune in next, but hopefully that's next week because you're committed. Oh, and, and one last thing before I go. If you do like this show and you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you could say you like it, give us a review, give us a couple of stars that you think we deserve, that really does help, you know. But no pressure. Just, you know, just hinting. All right, that's it. <laughs> Bye. What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it!